Would you please turn in your Bibles, if you would, to, uh, let me find it here, to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. We are continuing our series entitled Sticks and Stones. And while you're turning there, I thought I'd give you a couple of uh, really hilarious. Is there any parents in the house? Your you know, little Johnny was sick, and you wrote a note and sent it to the school to let them know this is why little Johnny wasn't there. Let me see. Uh, we, we did that, Bethany and Ryan, every now and then. Well, here's some actual notes written by parents in the Memphis School District. Anybody from Memphis, I would encourage you, don't raise your hand. I know this wasn't you. Again, these are real notes written by parents in the Memphis School District. Spellings have been left intact as well. Number one, my son is under a doctor's care and should not take P.E. today. Please execute him. Wow, capital punishment there. Man, don't get sick. Here's another one. Please excuse, E-X-K-U-C-E, Lisa, from being absent. She was sick, and I had her shot. Those parents in Memphis, you don't mess with them. Two more. Dear school, please excuse John from being absent on January 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, 32nd, we're not done, and also 33rd. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. You ready? It's a little bit raw. You sure you want me to read it? Okay. Please excuse Tommy. Remember, this is not Idaho. This is Memphis. Please excuse Tommy for being absent yesterday. He had diarrhea and his boots leak. I probably need to apologize for that one. Golly, after that, we better get in the Bible. Uh, (laughs) That last one was funny, though. Yeah, dear Lord. We're in a series entitled Sticks and Stones. And last Sunday, we talked about the most important stick in history, and that's the cross. We talked about the seven cries from the cross. And then we talked about the most important stone. I believe that was a stone that was rolled away in the garden tomb. Talked about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord. How many recognize that is the gospel? Well, what I want to do before I jump into today's message is I just want to real quickly go over the seven cries from the cross that we learned about last Sunday. The first cry, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Number two, second cry. Assuredly, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. Today, you will be with me in paradise. The third cry, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to his disciple, here is your mother. The fourth cry, Eli, Eli, Sama, Sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The fifth cry, I thirst. The sixth cry, it is finished. The seventh cry, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Now, let me ask you a question. I'd like to begin my message with a question. 
Would you agree with this? If you are a Christ follower, you are a Christian, our lives should resemble Christ. I, I, I don't believe that you can truly encounter the Lord and not be changed. I, I mean truly encounter the Lord and not be changed. Is there anybody in the house that you have truly encountered the Lord? Can you say a good amen? Um. I was planning on just preaching my second point today, but I got some crazy, amazing revelation from heaven regarding point number one that I want to talk to you about. Because when you encounter the Lord, it changes every single thing in your life. Uh, if you knew me back in the day when I was 21 and up till I was 21, I got born again at 21 years of age, you'll find out that I talk differently, I think different, differently, I, I walk differently, I live differently. Everything about my life changed. So I want to talk to you today about two stonings in the Bible. One was successful, one was stopped. Again, to be a Christian is to be Christ-like. The Bible says, I want to talk to you, number one, if you're taking notes, the stoning of Stephen. The very first post-Pentecost martyr. You see, when you meet Jesus, everything changes. Let's read. The Bible says... And we'll start reading in verse 54. Acts chapter 7, verse 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. Why would they do that to Stephen? We live in a day and age where it seems like preachers are no longer preaching against sin. There are some preachers that don't even believe there's a hell, a literal hell. Well, let's look at his message. Verse 50, 51, he's talking to the religious people back in the day. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. I don't see any seeker-sensitive, feel-good message right there. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. That was Stephen's message to the religious people of the day. So, Picking up our text, verse 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the, what does your Bible say? Holy Spirit. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Would you please circle or underline the word standing? I'm going to share a profound teaching today. In verse 56, Stephen said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man, what does your Bible say? Standing. Would you circle or underline that word standing? 
You're going to find out the significance of it in just a moment. The Bible says, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. I have been at bedsides where people of faith, even in a severely weakened condition, boy, they saw something that I couldn't see. Some of the most anointed encounters I've ever had with the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ was when God rent the heavens and allowed one of His sons, one of His daughters to gaze up into heaven and their response and what they did and what they said. So the Lord were in the heavens. The Bible says, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And it didn't have any effect on their lives. And they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears and they ran at him with one accord. It's amazing. The enemies of the cross, it seems like they're always in one accord. There's such power in being in one accord. You've got to fight for unity. You've got to fight to stay in one accord. And they cast him, Stephen, out of the city and stoned him, sticks and stones. And they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Circle that word, underline that word, Saul. I'm telling you, when you meet Jesus, everything changes. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then having knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, this is Stephen, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep, or literal translation, he died. You see, when you encounter the Lord... Everything changes. You think differently. You walk differently. You love differently. You forgive differently. And you die differently. And you die differently. Do you notice any similarities in Stephen's words with the seven cries from the cross? This is profound. Well, here, here, here the, the seventh cry of Jesus, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Stephen cries in Acts chapter 7, verse 59, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. You see, when you encounter Jesus, you start talking like he, you start walking, you start living, you start loving like Jesus did. Jesus' first cry from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Stephen's cry was, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Start talking like his Savior. 
You see, when you meet the Lord in a personal way, every arena of your life changes. I had you circle or underline in the, in the Bible where, where it says that, that Jesus, he said, I, I see the Lord, he was standing in verse 55. Now, now listen, that's a beautiful, beautiful revelation that God gave me. Listen, the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ was crucified, he died, he was buried, he was raised from the dead on the third day, he ascended into heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Scripture paints him as the sitting Savior. And let me just give you just a couple of verses. Mark chapter 16, verse 19. Could I get the clock on the back going, please? Uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. When he had by himself purged our sins. Can you just say amen? Sat down down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Revelation chapter 3 verse 21, to him who overcomes I will I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelation chapter 4 verse 3, these are just a handful. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. How am I grateful that the throne is occupied today? In a messed up, crazy world, never lose sight of this. The throne in heaven is occupied. The Bible, several verses, there's many more, talks about the sitting Savior. He sat down. And yet, in Acts chapter 7, verse 55, we read that Stephen saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. You see, when you know the Lord in a personal way, every arena of your life changes. You talk differently. You act differently. You, 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 your money, you spend it differently. You, you live differently. You die differently. There's no longer a fear. There's a holy anticipation. So we see the Lord sitting on the throne, and yet Stephen sees him standing at the right hand of God. When a Christian dies and goes home, when a Christian passes from this temporary life, into the eternal life, in front of angels, in front of the Father God himself, Jesus Christ stands to welcome his kids, his sons, his daughters home. And we've had quite a few people when you pastor a larger church. There's a lot of people, and we've had quite a few people that we desperately love and already miss terribly. That Jesus Christ stood and welcomed them home. Um, I, I had a really cool encounter with one of my favorite people at the church. I, I, I do really mean that. I won't tell you his name because I don't want to embarrass him, but I'll give you his initials, Lyle Frost. <laughs> he always wears the best shirts and 
And you know what? Uh, there's something real, real special about the flag of the United States of America. And I've asked him, would you just always make sure our flag is just perfect? And, and he does that. I believe every Sunday he does that. But I went up to, to shake his hand, and he saw me, and he stood up. There's something sacred to recognize. The throne of heaven is occupied. Jesus is there protecting, providing, giving us provision, giving us everything that we need. But when a loved one goes home, the Lord stands and welcomes Jay and welcomes Dwight and welcomes our loved ones home. When you encounter Jesus, it changes even the way you Die. Somebody scream amen. So I, that was all for free. That was just new revelation. Now I want to preach what I was planning on preaching last week today. But help me that just helped you a little bit to know that your loved ones, Jesus stood. Can I see? Come on, can we just raise our hands? Lord, we worship you. We thank you, Lord that you have welcomed our loved ones home. You stood from the throne in front of angels, in front of, uh, of the Father God himself, the majesty on high. Lord, you, you stood and you welcomed our loved ones home. And Lord, we know one day you're going to stand and you're going to welcome us to our forever home. And it's a place with no cancer, no sickness, no tears, no weeping. It's a place where you are there in all of your majesty, Lord, there's going to be such a great reunion, and we long for the day that you stand and you welcome us home, that we might be reunited with our loved ones, and everybody scream, thank you, Jesus. Sticks and stones. The second stoning that I want to talk to you about was prevented, but I, I want to, if you go to, in your Bibles to John chapter 8, John chapter 8. And it's the stoning, if you're taking notes, of the adulterous woman. The stoning of the woman caught in adultery. The Bible says in John chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, now, early in the morning, he came again to the temple. That, that translated, is there anyone here that, that you're a, a, a morning person? Let me, let me see, you, you like getting up early. Uh, anybody here, you like getting up at maybe the crack of uh, noon? Yeah, I, I'm feeling you, brother, I'm feeling you. Um, my, my life is changing as I'm not getting older, but, but maturing. I used to be able to operate in a, a seven, seven days a week on, on about three hours sleep. And then I transitioned to the place where, you know, I, I maybe maybe five, and, and, and I used to be a real early morning person, late night person. Um, I, I guess just it's changing. But the translation here, the Bible says early in the morning, but the original language says very early in the morning. I think there's something very sacred about giving God your best, your first fruit, the first moments of your day. I think it's a principle that we can, we can learn, and, and I understand maybe you can say, well, for me, 9 o'clock is very early in the morning. That's fine, but just dedicate your life and your day, your first fruits to the Lord every day, and I'll bet you you'll see the Lord move His hand in everything. 
So the Bible says, and early in the morning he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down. Isn't that interesting? He sat down and he taught them. Then the scribes, uh oh, and the Pharisees brought a brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Wasn't fake news? Wasn't an accusation? According to Scripture, she was caught in the, in the act of adultery. Verse 5. Remember, who's, it's the scribes and the Pharisees. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, sticks and stones should be stoned, but what do you say? They had no concern for this woman. Stones in their hands, but what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But the Bible said, but Jesus stooped down. Would you underline stoop down? He stooped down, and he wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Don't you just love Jesus? I never want to become a Pharisee. never want to be a critical person. You see, when you encounter Jesus, everything changes. And the Bible says something very interesting, verse 8. And again, notice a second time, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience, they went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Then when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? (laughs) The Bible teaches that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see this lived out in this situation. Jesus, the law says to Stoner, but what do you say? Listen to what he says. Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one. What does your Bible say? No one, Lord. You know something that blows my mind? Is that the religious leaders of the day called our Lord a blasphemer. And this woman caught in the very act of adultery called him Lord. I wonder who had the greater revelation regarding who Jesus Christ was. 
the religious of the day, or a sinner, a woman caught in the very act of adultery. They called him a blasphemer. She called him Lord. These words. And he spoke to them, excuse me, and, 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 and he said to her, neither do I condemn you. He says, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Um, I like to call this dirt and divinity. Dirt and divinity. Humanity at its worst. Divinity at its best. Dirt and divinity. Just a couple of thoughts. Notice with me, this woman was caught in the very act. It was not fake news. It was not an accusation according to Scripture. The Scripture is the Word of God that she was caught in the very act. The religious leaders of the day said to pick up stones, to pick up stones and to stone her because that's what the law said. They didn't see a woman. They saw an opportunity. I wonder, I wonder if that woman was a single mom. I wonder if that woman had no, no food whatsoever and she was just trying to do something just to put food on the table. I wonder if someone just, just uh, uh, abused her. I, 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 and, and they picked up I, they picked up stones. I believe this woman standing before the Lord in her heart of hearts probably was thinking, Lord, I'm I'm dirty. I'm dirty. I've made some mistakes. I've had some things done to me. Looking at the face of the scribes and the Pharisees with stones in their hand, and the Messiah. The Bible said he stooped down and he began writing in the ground. You see, our Jesus isn't so holy that he doesn't want to get involved in the dirt in your life. And the Bible said he just began writing in the dirt in front of the scribes and the Pharisees who had stones in their hand. And I can just imagine this woman weeping, weeping, hurting, broken, confused. We see how religion treated her. Get a stoner. And we see how Jesus treated her. Do you remember? Could you get me a, a washcloth or something, Pastor Dan? Do you remember the first time Jesus stooped down and got involved in the dirt in your life? I was 21 years old, Oroville First Assembly of God. I was so messed up and lost. And my daddy, Pastor E.E. E. Smith, he told me about a man who loved me. He told me about a father who would never hurt me. Thank you very much. And I ran to that altar. 
I ran to that altar. And Jesus got down in the dirt of my life. And I'm no longer broken. I'm no longer abused. I'm no longer lost. I am healed. I am found. I am saved. I have encountered Jesus, and it has changed everything in my life. Is there anybody in the house Jesus has stooped down and got involved in the dirt of your life? If that's you, can you put your hands together and let's say thank you, Jesus. You see, the law says stoner. Grace says forgiver. Law says pick up stones and take her life. Grace says I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you my love, my mercy, my, my grace. I'm going to enter your world. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to get involved in the dirt in your life. You see, the Bible said that he stooped down and he, he got dirty. He's not too far removed that he's not concerned about the dirt in your life. And only when you allow the Lord to get involved in the dirt of your life will you become clean. Is that scriptural? Well, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Religion says, clean up your life, come to Christ. Christ says, just come, and I'll change your life. I'm learning that um, in life, it's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. Again, in life, it's not what you look at. It's what you see. The people 2,000 years ago, they looked at a crooked tax collector by the name of Matthew. They loathed him, a cheat. But Jesus saw the writer of the first gospel in the New Testament. The people then looked at a woman caught in the very act of adultery. But Jesus saw somebody's daughter. Jesus saw somebody that was so much, had so much value and worth, more so than she ever realized. I don't know about you, but I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Um, it's interesting to me. The Bible says in verse 6, the Bible says, but Jesus, he stooped down. He stooped down, and he wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. And when they continued asking him, verse 7, he raised himself up and said, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And the Bible says in verse 8, and this just blows my mind. The Bible says that, and again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. I have been a Christian for 38 years, and I'm not embarrassed or ashamed to confess to you that there's been many times that the Lord has had to stoop down and get involved in the dirt in my life a second time. Is there anybody with me? 
a third time can I get a witness. There are many times, many times in the last 38 years, I've given the Lord many reasons not to love me. And he refused everyone. He loves you. He paid the ultimate price for you. So, I never want to become religious. I never want to judge people by the color of their skin or their outward appearance or the dirt in their life. I want to drop that stone, and I want to get involved in the dirt of their life. When, when, when you see somebody hungry, go get them dinner. When you have an opportunity, make it, take advantage of that opportunity. You've heard me say it many times. Our blessing is somebody else's necessity. The Bible says where there are no oxen, the trough is clean. I never want to be a part of a clean church. I want to be a part of a dirty church. I want to be a part of a church that, man, I still smell cigarettes on some of y'all's breath. Because we serve a God that can set you free from nicotine. I I, I love it when I, I hear swear words in the foyer. Those are just from our pastors. I'm kidding. Beloved, we are a part of something very special and very sacred. We are a part of a New Testament church that we're not embarrassed or ashamed to get our hands a little bit dirty here and there. We're not embarrassed or ashamed to sacrifice in areas so that babies can be born and mamas can be supported. It's a dirty church. This is a dirty church. This is a wonderful, wonderful church. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Bless you, Lord. Father, every time I, I just reminisce and go back to that first, first day, that first, well, it was a night, Sunday night, that you got involved in the dirt of my life, I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. There are a lot of people that had stones in their hands, and I certainly, due to my actions back in the day, really gave them opportunities to pick up stones. But Lord, you got involved in the dirt of my life. And I'll never be the same. And Father, I thank you over the years that you've continually got involved in the dirt of my life. But there's none of us that have arrived. That's why you say that we need to crucify the flesh daily. And Lord, speaking before your people, we thank you. We thank you that you are the God that's not embarrassed or ashamed or too distant to get involved in the dirt of our lives. 
And it's only when we let you in that we can walk in freedom. We can walk in holiness, in righteousness. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You'd say, Pastor, I need the Lord to get involved in the dirt of my life. I'm, I'm not a Christian. I've never accepted him to be my Savior. Pastor Monty, would you pray for me? I need Jesus today. I need to be saved. I need to be born again. I need God to touch my life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Those of you watching online, would you please just slip up a hand? If you'd say, Pastor, that's me. Would you please pray for me? I need Jesus today. I need to be saved. I need a new life. I need a fresh start. Lord bless you, man. Is there anyone else? God bless you. Lord bless you, sweetie. I'm not going to ask you to respond by standing, raising a hand, coming to the altar. But I know that there are people here that you need Jesus to get involved in the dirt of your life a second time. And that struggle is real. And as long as you keep it secret, it'll have power over you. But when you surrender it, God has the power to break the bondage, the addiction, the leaning, the bent, and sever that in your life. This is a church filled with people who are weeks old in the Lord, 30 days free from addiction. Lord, I'm going to ask you to do it over and over and over and over again. It's when your heart of hearts just say, Lord, that's me. You know it's me. I need you to get involved in the dirt in my life a second time. I need you to stoop down. Maybe even in the presence of your enemies. Rocks in hand. Lord, we need you to stoop down and get involved in the dirt in our lives a second time. We surrender that to you. We surrender that to you. Touch us, Lord. Mm. Touch us, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet uh, all over the building, if you would, please? I really feel the presence of the Lord right now. forget. It's not your reputation, it's his. Get engaged in the lives of those who desperately need the Lord. It fits hand in hand with our evangelism strategy. Invest in the lives of the lost and invite them to church. Get involved in the dirt and you'll watch the Lord. Not just clean them up, but revolutionize your life. You know what will bring more passion and more fire in the soul of in, in your soul and your bones, if you will? It's not necessarily reading more or praying more, although we need to. If you will lead one person to Jesus and walk with them 
your life will absolutely be transformed. There's something about being poured in, and we are poured into on a weekly basis, and then pouring out, receiving and giving, receiving and forgiving. How many in the house would say, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to drop my stones, and I'm just going to get dirty. I'm just going to love people. I'm going to love them to life in Jesus' name. Let me see your hands. I'm, I'm going to drop the stones. Any stone in my, I'm dropping it right now. Any, any, I'm just going to drop attitude. I, I'm just, I'm dropping that. I'm a part of the body of Christ. And the body of Christ meets to worship the Lord and to reach people for the glory of God. I'm going to drop those things. I'm going to get dirty in Jesus' name. Father, thank you. Um, would you go with us? Fill us anew with your spirit. And uh, Father, would you help us be sensitive to the Holy Spirit regarding opportunities to help those who desperately need you. And Father, I thank you. This is, this is not my church. and uh, This is your church. Lord, I personally thank you for the most freeing scripture in the Bible. Without you, we can do nothing. (laughs) But with you, we can do all things. So empower us, strengthen us, anoint us. Dear ones, Kelly and I, we bless you. We love you. We speak blessings over your lives, your family, marriages, finances, children, grandchildren, some great-grandchildren, your health, mental stability. We bless you. We bless you in Jesus' name. All of God's people said,